Welcome to Geek Exploration, podcast of reminiscence, where we are men, a miserable little pile of secrets. I'm Ben Robinson. And I'm John Williams. Grab your whip, holy water, and don't forget that wall meat. What a horrible night to have a curse. We're talking Castlevania. Uh, how's it going, Ben? Oh, it's going great. Had a, a week filled with uh, Castlevania. It's been it's been a good one. Yeah. How have you been doing? Uh, about the same. I I can't say for sure, but I may have been having Castlevania dreams last night. I was uh I was up late playing uh, Super Castlevania Four. Uh, I really wanted to try to get that thing done. Um, spoiler: I did not. But it's it's a it's a good problem to have too much Castlevania. Yeah, absolutely. I've, sometimes you go back and you research something, and you're like, "Oh, this isn't this isn't as fun as I remembered it was." Yeah, uh, this was not one of those. I'm I'm very happy about that. Yeah, this is more of a Weird Al thing where it's like, "Hey, it's always been a part of our life, and it's always been great." Um, so in the past, we've done video games uh, in a in a more grandiose all-encompassing fashion we still never finished that i i would love it if we just went our entire run and <laughs> never finished video games or once the next generation comes out we we cover the last one but we never we never fully catch up yeah you gotta have enough to talk about and uh there's there's i think that next period i don't have a lot to talk about yeah and i just Man, the the way we set it up, like it was ambitious and like it worked for something like Star Wars, but boy, I did not like it for video games. I was tired of talking about video games and I bet there were at least a few listeners that were tired of hearing about it. Yeah, because we went, what, like five weeks in a row? Um, I think after the first or after like the second or third one, we like took a week off and did something else just to give oh, people yeah. a break. That's a good idea. We yeah. were smart. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... You know, it's been a long time, and we certainly can't hit all of the video games in any sort of, um, it's word I'm thinking of, like, like any micro level. Like, we can't really explore video games uh, themselves, like a video game series, when we're talking about a generation of video games. Oh, or, no, you know, yeah, you've got yeah, to kind of stay high level. Yeah. So there are definitely some video game series that, uh, that warrant more exploration or geek exploration, I guess. I, I should have, I mean, yeah, I should have been ready for that one. Um, Castlevania is definitely one of them. Yeah, there's, depending on how you count what is an individual game, there's there's about 40 of them. Yeah. Which is a fuck of a lot. Like, I would I would probably would have guessed like 25, but then like you go and look through the list and you're like, holy shit, there's a lot of games here. Yeah. A lot I haven't played. I was going to say, how many of those do you think you've played? Just like ballpark it. In some form or another, probably probably like 20, maybe 25. Yeah. Some of them, uh, no, maybe more than that. There's there's definitely a good number, you know, at least 10 that I hadn't played, and at least like four that I'd never even heard of when I looked over the list. Yeah. And there's some there's some randos out there, or, or rondos if you want to be cheeky. Um, <laughs> that i will probably never play you know like there, there's psp exclusives there's one there's a a several or i guess at least three for the original game boy that i mean unless we get a rom i'll never play it and even with a rom i probably won't play it i mean game boy was great when i was a kid and i could you know had my little 
magnifying glass flashlight attachment. <laughs> and I, I remember hide, that. And I could hide under the covers and play, you know, Metroid at night or something. But uh, it's not something I need to go back to. Yeah, it's it's kind of a little step above the little like tiger handheld games that are making a comeback right now. It's like, yeah, it's it's hard to step back past, you know, original Nintendo. Yeah. Like I busted out my DS and played some uh, some Aria of Sorrow mm-hmm. uh, this morning. And uh, it's fun as fuck. I lost the charger for it. So like it went red as soon as I turned it on. I still got a good 45 minutes out of it. Oh, nice. And it didn't die. Like, I ended up having to move on and had to turn it off. No shit. Yeah, that thing was a fucking champion as far as battery life goes. Wow. Yeah, I I recently pulled out Angelina's uh, DS because I was going to try to either get some Castlevanias or some Contras. I had some good memories of Contras uh, on that system, or at least the one. Uh, I think it was Contra 4. Um, Sorry, I'll save that for the Contra episode. That is definitely warranted. But hers was dead, and I also cannot find a charger for it. And it's a proprietary charger, so like I have to like buy find a DS charger and buy it now. I'm sure I'm at GameStop for like thirty bucks or some stupid shit like that. Yeah, something obnoxious. But it might be worth it because that it's a cool little system. And I used to have like a Game Boy Advance cartridge that you could load ROMs onto. I remember that. I'm I you let me play it on uh, on the airplane once when we were going out to Georgia. Yeah, and I don't know where it is anymore but uh that thing was fucking cool that was badass yeah to have all of that on you at any time mm-hmm. totally worth it well castlevania is is one of those game series is i i gotta i gotta do i just say series, series. i think it's I just mean, I mean, game I, series i know that's like the the proper way to say it, but it seems so weird to you say could that. say series is yeah yeah a series of video games um it's one of those that when I was a kid, I was thinking about this last night, like it was one of those franchises <laughs> that that just felt cool to play. You know, like I'm sure we weren't cool for playing them, but it was like when a new one came out, it, you just it felt like the badass of, of the game. Like like it wasn't some fucking like cartoony Mario bullshit as much as I love it, but s- stuff like Castlevania and Contra and like ninja gaiden for me when i was a kid yeah like you just felt like you were it was it was like the the kid with the leather jacket and the toothpick in his mouth you know like the the badass on the playground well you're killing fucking dracula and fucking frankenstein and all these monsters and mummies and all kinds of shit man yeah that's the thing that is cool you know once every hundred years or whenever uh depending on the game like dracula's castle just appears out of nowhere and okay you're a fucking belmont and you're sworn to take him down. It's so, time to go fuck some stuff up. Holy shit. Like, what a premise. And and it it works. Like, even if the game is more or less the same thing throughout several entries, like, it's always fun and it's always badass. Every hundred years, though, I hadn't thought about that until right now. If you're a Belmont, like, what if, like, you're born the year after Dracula's castle disappeared? And you're like, okay, well, I guess I'm, guess I'm not going to fight Dracula. Because I'm going to be 100 years old next time he comes around. Yeah, that would suck because you would be relegated to being the trainer to to the next generation or the one after that. You yeah, can't, you can't right? just take a generation off. Yeah, probably a couple. Like, There's probably like every third generation someone gets to fight Dracula. I mean, the games come around. Sometimes someone resurrects them early or someone's trying to resurrect them and you got to go kick their ass. But uh, And there's probably other monsters to fight. Like there's... There's mention of other vampires hanging out, but I mean, they're not Dracula. You're taking out like, you know, some chump. 
there is totally a fucking story about that. You know, just like Steve Belmont that, that <laughs> knows he's not going to ever be able to fight Dracula and, and he's he he doesn't want to do it. He's then working at a Kmart. Yeah. Just to make ends meet. Maybe Ash was actually Ash Belmont from Evil Dead. He was working. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, why over, he was such an inherent badass. Over at S-Mart. Yeah, he's, he was a, uh, he was a, a you know, Belmont non-ancestor. What's the opposite of ancestor? Descendant? Yeah, descendant. Yes, yeah. <laughs> non-ancestor. Uncestor. Uncestor, yes. Not incestor. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I mean, you never know with the, with those, those, uh... Middle-aged Europeans, or not middle-aged, but uh, middle ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, marrying cousins and uncles and shit was pretty, pretty standard back yeah. then. Yeah, I mean, you got to keep that Belmont bloodline pure, right? Until someone fucks a Morris. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> um, so the Belmonts, they are, they are just, they are putting all their stock in that whip. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing man the vampire killer it's right there in the name yeah you got to kill a vampire you could bring uh the mummy stabber or you could bring the, <laughs> the werewolf beater yeah. but uh, you're killing dracula you got to bring the vampire the killer. frankenstein slapper yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and that that was a pretty standard thing through the series until symphony of the night came along which then you i mean well never mind we will get into that <laughs> um so first impressions yeah let's do it yeah, so, uh, John. Hi. Where did you first encounter the Castlevania? All right, well, I'm going to have to fudge the rules a little bit, and I'm going to have to give two options here, because... Do I get to pick? No. Oh. I mean, you can if you want. You, you can tell me, and then from here on, it'll be canon. Um, but the two things that stick out from an early age for me, uh, the first one was the box art for the first uh oh yeah the first castlevania game which is just fucking bad ass when you're a little kid and like the way common or konami had those those boxes with like the the silver sides that, that was all stylized yeah, and like the the art was kind of like striped in on the edges and then it came in yeah and just seeing that like i mean he looked more like a like a conan type yeah, character or something. ripped yeah wearing like gladiator like leather straps and and fucking armor and shit just waving that whip the whips all crazy behind him and you got like dracula's face up in the up in the clouds yeah and fucking the castle in the in the uh background yeah like that yeah. that says castlevania more than anything in the world to me like, way better than the first Mega Man's boxer <laughs> oh shit oh wow <laughs> yeah I, I think like the only one that stands up to it is like Wizards and Warriors. Like that could have also been a Castlevania uh box if it if it had the whip instead of a sword. Um so I remember seeing that box art probably in like advertisements and comic books, but I mean that that friggin' melted my brain. Fucking love it. Like that that is a game you want to play. Um even if the game on the inside sucked, like you would play that. Yeah, I remember seeing it at like um Mr. Video. Yeah. Before before I had an NES, like just seeing the box art and like that that looks cool as fuck. Yeah. Um, and then actually playing a Castlevania game. I'm not certain that this is my first time, but but the first time I remember doing it was at my friend Sean's house. Which now that I think of it, like my old buddy Sean Evans, it's like our 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 paths are intertwined with Castlevania. I've got a lot of Castlevania memories with this guy. Maybe he's actually Dracula. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to kill him one day, oh, John. Oh, shit. 
I played Belmont's Revenge on his Game Boy, which was the second uh, Game Boy Castlevania game. Yeah. And I don't really remember much of it. Like, I remember jumping on things and swinging a whip at people. There probably wasn't much else going on in the Game Boy generation, especially. Sounds right. Sounds like (laughs) Castlevania. Yeah. Um, But I do remember sitting in his room playing that on, uh, on the Game Boy, and that is my earliest impression of playing a Castlevania game. And that that's one of the downsides of Castlevania is uh, it is not something you really do with friends necessarily. Yeah. Like you're sitting at your friend's house playing on his Game Boy. What was Sean doing? I don't know. <laughs> like on a Game Boy, he can't even be like watching you and enjoying, you know, like watching you go through it because he'd have to be like hovering over your shoulder. <laughs> you know, this, this is so funny how how parallel this is to when I was here just the other night. And we were talking about Castlevania and, and, um, yeah. not to spoil things, but you had gotten the, uh, the anthology series on the, uh, on the switch and you were sitting there playing it on the handheld. And, and we realized at that point that, cause when I was coming over, it's like, yeah, let's play some Castlevania. And we're like, wait a minute. Like we can't play Castlevania together except for that one rando one that, uh, that we cannot get. Yeah. But, so, um, I mean, you can both play Castlevania at the same time, but just not has nothing to do with each other. Yeah. Like you're just sitting there being quiet, playing Castlevania and occasionally saying like fucking stupid piece of shit, Medusa head motherfucker. <laughs> now, what about you? What's your, uh, what's your first impression of Castlevania? So my first impression was, uh, Castlevania three. Like I'd seen the box art much like you had, like I was aware of Castlevania, but when I got my, when I, when I finally went out and bought my very own Nintendo entertainment system, you bought it yourself. Uh, well, I mean, like paper route money or shit. Or? Yeah. I'd saved up some money. I'm pretty sure my parents helped out cause it was not a cheap item. Yeah. They were like 90 bucks when they came yeah. out back then. <laughs> and I, not cheap. 90 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, uh, but I went and picked it up and, uh, the game I bought with it was, uh, uh Dracula's curse. Yeah. And so that was the first, other than, you know, duck hunt, super Mario brothers, which, mm-hmm. ca- which came with it at that time. Dracula's Curse was the first NES game that I purchased. Coming off of like, you have the option of playing Duck Hunt or the original Super Mario Brothers or Castlevania 3. Like Castlevania 3 graphically and sound wise and pretty much in box art, all categories blew the fucking original Mario Brothers out of the fucking water. Well, yeah. And, and even though you didn't have a Nintendo, like if if Castlevania three's out, then it's it's been a few years since the system came out. I'm sure you'd played plenty Mario and other people's houses. Yeah, a little bit. I I had an Atari myself that I'd played a shit ton of. Um, I think I had before that. I because this was in 1990 that I got it. Okay, yeah. Um, so it'd been several years. Yeah, yeah. And so I I think I, I'd only known one person that actually had an NES at that point, though. Who the Sauls? Uh... No. Oh yeah, because you weren't I, around in nineteen ninety. I wasn't even. I wasn't even in. Yeah, in town yet. I was. Uh, yeah. I was living in somewhere else. And no, this uh, this girl down the street from me named Cassandra had an NES. And Wonder I'd, whatever happened to Cassandra. You know, I'd go over there occasionally and play it, but like we were pretty good friends, but mm-hmm. not you know, not not enough that I'd played enough Nintendo. To make it better. Or I don't think she had Castlevania. Like I don't remember playing Castlevania <laughs> before this. Well, back then, Castlevania wasn't for girls. So yeah. And, and you know, if she didn't have Castlevania, how good of a friend could she have been? Yeah. She wasn't <laughs> one worth keeping, that's for sure. But uh yeah, it was uh it blew me away and it was hard as fuck. 
and uh, I played the ever-loving shit out of it, and it it will hold a very special place for me forever because of that. Yeah, I I think the the first Castlevania game that I played in earnest, like ever put any time into, was Part Three, and that was because of you. I remember borrowing that from you and playing it on my Nintendo when we were younger. Um, cause yeah, the, the, well, I mean, I guess we can, we can get into, to the games here. Cause yeah. I, I think we were, we were talking about splitting it into distinct eras of Castlevania, that being the Nintendo era up through Symphony of the Night. Or up to Symphony of the Night. Yes. yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And then Symphony of the Night changing the game. Yeah. The Metroidvania era. Yeah. Uh, which spawned like all of your fucking uh handheld games especially yeah um and then moving into like the 3d slash like the god of war clones that came with uh with the lords of shadow and stuff yeah yeah um so with the nintendo games we had uh we had castlevania one two and three to be honest like, like we were just saying like i i feel like like i played three more than the others like i knew the soundtracks and the looks and the mechanics of the first two very well, but I think it was, it was more through general exposure rather than like, like I, I didn't own them as a kid. Um, I knew of them. I'd played them at friends house houses, but plurals are hard for you tonight. They really are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, like those are the, the big three of the original. I mean, like they, they cemented what Castlevania is for me in my brain. Yeah, and what Castlevania feels like, uh, and uh, I you know, like I also because I I owned it. And it was the first one. I owned, three was the one I played the very most. Uh, played I, I eventually did get one and played that, and I played. I think I had two as well, but I had a harder time getting into it because it uh, it was different. Yeah, like in part one and part three, it's very much like a platformer: move from point A to point B, kill the monsters, get the items, beat the boss, um, but part two really had some uh some extra elements that i didn't care for similarly to uh to like zelda 2 you know where all of a sudden you have to talk to people and find things and backtrack and yeah i mean i i like that kind of stuff the, the thing that, that got me about it is you there was a lot of points in that game where i would get and i'd be like i have no fucking idea what i'm supposed to do now because the townspeople would just say bullshit that had nothing to do with anything like what a terrible night for a horrible night for a curse yeah and and you would not know you just, you didn't know necessarily know what to do. Like early on in the game, there's a spot where you got to go, you got to like get across to a river, get like a bridge to drop or something. And you have to equip a certain item and, and stand there for like three seconds or some shit. And there's like just various parts of the game where you have to do, you have to have a certain item equipped and do like a certain movement or thing or wait for a certain amount of time for some secret thing to happen. And nothing in the game fucking tells you about it. So you had to like call the Nintendo power line or know somebody that had beat it to, to get through it. Uh, cause this was, you know, this was before you could just fucking Google it. Yeah. I remember going back and playing it in, you know, probably 10, 12 years ago and having to just keep, you know, Google, like, what the fuck am I supposed to do at this point? And you'd look it up and be like, oh, okay, that's stupid. How the hell would I have ever figured that out? Yeah. That, that's what I was thinking when you were talking about that. It's like, it had to have been like a Nintendo power moment where like nobody knew what to do until it, it somehow reached the public. Yeah, yeah. Or, or people just figured it out and it went word of mouth around that you could do that. I mean, that's like how, you know, a lot of secrets and stuff spread in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. So the 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 original Castlevania uh, is, where do I want to start this? So the, the, 
the genesis of Castlevania? Uh, so Konami is the, uh, the, the fine folks that brought us Castlevania. And uh, the original one came out in 1986. So yeah. in, in Japan, it was out in 86. I think it didn't come to America till 87. Oh, okay. Cause Japan got, gets everything first. And that was always the thing growing up. It was like you, you we heard about things because Japan got them, but we had to wait. And technically, I think the year before that, a game called Vampire Killer came out for the MSX2 console, which, strangely enough, was a Microsoft console. Oh, weird. Yeah. I didn't know they were doing that back then, getting into the home computer entertainment uh, Yeah, it was, yeah, that's market. what a home computer entertainment thing. Uh, and it is definitely a little different. I downloaded a ROM and played a little bit of it last night. Uh, it is, I mean, it's, it's got similar music, similar themes. Enemy designs are kind of close, but at one point you can get like a shield. Oh shit. And shit. Um, you, uh, you have to get, you have to like collect keys to open doors and chests and shit. So it, it is definitely a little bit different. How was it graphically? Uh, very plain, a lot of flat textures, flat colors and stuff. It was definitely not, uh, I don't know much about the MSX systems, but, uh, I don't think they were as powerful as the. As powerful as the mighty NES. <laughs> they didn't, they, you, weren't, you weren't playing with power when you had the no, MSX. No, you were not. In the, the Castlevania collection thing that I got on the Switch, it had like a cool book, like a digital book that you could flip through that had like a bunch of like concept art and shit mm-hmm. from all the original games. And apparently, uh, the original PC's name, instead of Simon Belmont, was supposed to be Peter Dante. <laughs> Weird. Yep. <laughs> so it could have been the, the great and mighty Dante clan that we had been talking about. And I don't know why they changed that. Yeah. Peter's, uh, Peter's revenge or no, uh, Peter's quest. Yeah. And the second one doesn't have the same ring. <laughs> sounds, sounds a little, uh, off color. Yeah. That's, that's the, uh, the porno parody. Yeah. And, and I guess originally on, they wanted you to be able to, uh, whip diagonally and use B to power up. And they were going to use up as jump instead of a dedicated jump button. Oh no, I yeah, don't like gross. that. Yeah. I don't like that either. <laughs> Thankfully they went with what we know. So the other interesting thing is I guess all of the game designers back then went by pseudonyms The the Japanese designers did, um, or like a lot of the game developers did. And I, and I guess from what I've read, the reason was because they, the game companies required it because they wanted them to, um, they didn't want them to get like headhunted by other game companies. Like they didn't want someone coming in out like you did a great job with Castlevania, dude. How about you come over and work for us? <laughs> so they made them all use fake names and, uh, I mean, and that was a thing during the Atari era, too. I think we talked about that a little in the video games episode where they weren't even allowed to put their names on the games. And I like, do remember that. Like they the had, first, like, they for, had to hide it in yeah, code. Yeah, the first Easter egg was, you know, someone's name in a hidden room and shit. And so um, it wasn't clear who the lead designer was for a long time, um, but it has kind of since come out that it's a guy, that it was a guy named Hitoshi uh, Akamatsu. And uh, I think in, in, Invinci- Invincibility was his pseudonym. <laughs> <laughs> like, sure, why not? Yeah. At least for, for the second game. Uh, but he wanted it to feel like, like you were watching and playing through an old horror movie. Which is why it has Frankenstein and the mummy and, you know. Werewolves. Uh, werewolves and the creature from the Black Lagoon and Dracula and, all, you know, all of, all of the horror movie staples. I love that because that, that's something that, that, again, going back to this being one of the cool games, you know, like. This was like playing an action adventure movie, whereas like, you know, Contra was the super action movie, you know, like, yeah. like you, they're basically modeled after Arnold and, and Stallone on the, uh, on the cover of Contra, but 
you know, like, like the, I could see like a Castlevania movie being like the ultimate fucking show in like horror action fair, you know, yeah. like, 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 like what Van Helsing tried to be. Like if, if that movie was made well, that would have been the most badass Castlevania movie ever. Fuck. Yeah. yeah Universal should have done that for their big universe reboot. Yeah, no shit. Should have culminated in that. Like, they do all the individual monster movies, and then at the end, fucking, you know, Richter Belmont comes in and just fucking wastes them all. Yeah, like, instead of instead of Russell Crowe being the fucking Jekyll and Hyde, he should have been a Belmont. Just low-key. Like, make him, like, the, the Nick Fury of the, of the yeah. monster universe, and he's a fucking <laughs> Belmont. Fuck yeah. Oh. Uh, one other interesting thing, like, the reason he chose a whip for the main weapon is because uh a it's good at you know keeping things at a distance you know like you got a, it's a decent ranged weapon and uh more importantly he was a big fan of raiders of the lost ark oh i love that so much <laughs> yeah, so basically he liked indiana jones so uh fucking whip whips are cool oh that that makes my heart happy <laughs> well one thing that is definitely a, a challenge, but a satisfying challenge is the whip mechanics in the game. Like you and I were talking about this earlier, just casually when I was playing the uh, the Genesis uh, Castlevania game Bloodlines and having a really difficult time uh, smacking some fucking birds out of the air. Uh, you know, the, the timing involved in throwing your whip out there is almost maddening sometimes yeah it definitely takes some getting the hang up there's like a little bit of like a wind up like there would be with a whip like you go you're like i'm gonna whip this thing you gotta get your arm back and then go forward and then it cracks it's it's purposeful it's a purposeful delay like it goes with the animation so that the that the actual strike happens when the whip is extended yeah i think that's the tough part when you have enemies that are flying towards you like you have to really think on your feet to prepare for it. Cause sometimes, I mean, I'll just get into the, to, to this shit. Like the fucking enemies that I hate the most in Castlevania <laughs> are the fucking, the ones that fly. I think in general, we we've got birds, we've got Medusa's heads. We've got severed hands, harpies, fucking bats. You got those fucking uh, bone dudes with the shield that like slowly, like they start going up and down a little bit. And as they go across the screen screen, they start going up and down more like their amplitude increases. Motherfuckers. As they come across the screen. Those things sometimes like, like I've played Castlevania for decades now. And sure enough, you know, you're watching me play earlier. There's just one little bird sitting on a perch. It flies up into the air <laughs> and just dives right at me and fucking kills me immediately. You try and whip at it and you just, you're too late. Yeah. Because you, you've got to lead it a little bit. And that's that's one of the things, I guess, that um, that they were trying for in the original one. Like they were re really big on making sure the controls were really tight and they felt real and they, they would be hard to get. But then once you got them, you fucking, they felt like an extension of your own body, you know, like, see, I think the, the, the one thing that bums me out when I'm doing that is, is the jump attacks, because it seems like there's, there's only like two points, you know, whereas in some games, like say you're, you're Mario and you're throwing a fireball or you're playing Contra and you're shooting your gun, like you can pretty much shoot at any point during your jump. But I feel with Castlevania, like you can only like either, strike right after you jump or when you're at like the peak of your jump mm. and and i don't i don't feel In like there, like there's as much give 
Uh, in in the Nintendo ones, I felt it, and then certainly in uh, Super or the Super Castlevania Four. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to go back and play any Super Castlevania Four, but I don't know. I think like you've definitely. I I know at least by the time you get to Symphony of the Night, that's not the case. Oh, definitely not. No, yeah. no, no. I'm I'm yeah, the, I'm talking ones, only about uh, the the early ones. I don't know. I didn't get that impression. I mean, there's definitely this was the game that kind of taught me how to i mean it was one of the first ones i got so of course it is but taught me the whole you know rolling your finger or sliding your finger from jump to attack in like a nice fluid motion so that you could you know jump and then strike in the air but you, there's a lot of time yeah you know, where you've got to jump and get the you know get the whip to hit the candle or the thing in midair at the right time and uh, it is very particular to castlevania it feels very castlevania i think that's the right word so so it doesn't sound like i'm getting pissed at the series cuz i love it but it does frustrate me. It's like any good relationship. Yeah, you, you've right? got your ups and downs. <laughs> Speaking of ups and downs, those clog damn Medusa heads. Ah, oh, they. It, it's so frustrating after years and years of playing Castlevania that they're doing the same pattern. They're going up and down and pro- progressing towards you at the same speed, and they still fucking get me and knock me off a ledge to my death (laughs) that is yeah that's one of those things that piss me off so much about castlevania is when you get hit you fall backwards and so often in that game there's a pit behind you and it could be just some random bone that's thrown at you that smacks you and just kills you immediately one of the one of the things i was reading there was a guy that worked with uh akamatsu afterwards and he was like and he brought that up to him he was like Man, it kind of feels like bullshit. Like I get hit, I get knocked back by one thing and like fall down a pit and die. And he's like, well, yeah, if Mario gets hit once, he dies. No and shit. So I was like, okay. Okay. Fair enough. I never <laughs> even thought about that. Maybe it's just the presence of a life bar yeah. makes you, makes you entitled to, uh, to more life. I thought it was going to go in the direction of like, well, imagine if you were standing on a ledge and a bone hit you and you fell off. Do you think you would live? Yeah. No, you, just, you definitely wouldn't. Like Mario dies with one hit. So, uh. I've done you a favor. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. I mean, one, one thing I have to say about, uh, about Super Castlevania with the Medusa heads is they seemed a lot easier and, or I don't know if, it, if it's the, the whipping mechanic in, in Castlevania 4 was, um, was worked on a little bit uh, since the Nintendo ones, but, but I felt like the Medusa heads were not really a problem at all in my playthrough last night. Oh, spoiler for that. Did I already say spoiler when I said I didn't beat it? But I am currently sitting at Dracula on oh, Castlevania 4. Using that autosave function. Fuck yeah, I am. Especially those last levels. Like once you get into Dracula's castle, there is no way I would be able to to beat it without it. I mean, I, I would have to have the level of patience I had as a child um, where where I could just start the game back at the beginning when I was out of continues and just play through the entire thing again. So that's one thing I always appreciated about the third one, at least, I think the first one too. Uh, there's unlimited continues. Oh, really? Yeah, you can always con- keep continuing. And the third one, the third one had that like save mechanic where it had like a little pattern. Yeah, so yeah, could, and that became standard. Oh yeah, I remember having like notebooks in my room with different fucking shit scribbled on it, so I could find it and remember it. Because like you didn't have a phone, you couldn't like just take a picture of it. Yeah, no. But uh, yeah, I, I when I was playing through Castlevania three over this last week, uh, I was also using the autosave feature because i don't have the the patience nor the amount of free time i did when i was a kid and i just wanted to get as far through it as i could and i got to death and uh fuck death is hard (laughs) in castlevania 3 it is in fucking sane how hard he is yeah 
He's got all these little scythes flying around at you. Like a shit ton of them. Three hits and you're dead. And you gotta fight him twice. That is the frustrating Fuck. thing sometimes with, with Castlevania about uh, the the amount of energy that it takes when you get hit by something. Because you have, what, like 20 or 15 yeah. little life bar pellet things. And then a bat hits you and then it takes like four of them away. It's like, well, wait, then why do I even have these? It's like pennies. Why do I fucking have these if I never, you know, if, if we're never going to have to go down that that low? Well, I think the part of the purpose of it is that this is some enemies do more or less damage to you, which I think is kind of cool because that's like for coming from something like Mario or Contra. That's not true. You get hit, you dead. Yeah, but when but when it's the peepiest enemy in the game, you know, like a little bat or a bone flying at you and it takes off several. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think yeah, bats usually take like three. Yeah. And, and uh, but then you've got some that take like five or death's fucking size that take like six. And you're like, fuck. Yeah. But uh, but I like the idea that different strength enemies do different. Why they balanced it that way. I don't know. Maybe they thought one was just too small. And then, you know, like when you're hitting a boss, most of the time, like it's one, one hit takes one off. Yeah. If you're lucky. Later on, like like even Dracula in, in, in part four, you have to hit him like four times to take one off. Yeah. So another thing that was a staple of the, uh, of well, I guess it's been a staple of all of them, but it certainly started from the beginning were the sub weapons. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I remember being kind of confused when I first started playing because you're collecting hearts and they aren't life. Yeah. No the, the hearts are your ammunition for your sub weapon. Yeah, which is a really weird thing, and and I guess it only gets weirder in the in the Genesis one where they are the letter C, They're like little pellets. Yeah, it's really bizarre. I don't know. I, I mean, in fact, listeners, if you want to let me know what those things are, so so I'm not walking around just saying they are the letter C for Castlevania, then please do hit us up uh, on the social medias or email us at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. Yeah, and I, I did always like how, like, the little hearts would, like, flutter down to the ground. They, like, sway and yeah, slowly little... go down to the ground, and the big ones would just, like, thump yeah. and fall. What's your favorite sub-weapon? My favorite sub-weapon is probably the boomerang, or the cross. The, you know, the, the one that you throw and it comes back to you. Yeah. I mean, it was always a cross, but, again, that weird fucking Genesis game, it's, it's an actual, like, bladed boomerang. Yeah, yeah. The, the Genesis had just had to be different and yeah. worse in every yeah. way. Yeah, maybe we should stop talking about the Genesis game and just give it a little minute at the end of it, so, so, yeah. we're, not, so we're not citing it unnecessarily. But uh, no, I always like the boomerang. I mean, it is one of the more powerful ones. It goes back and forth. I I always also really liked the stopwatch. Yeah, because it comes in super handy. Um, but it eats up five of your freaking hearts every time you use it. Yeah. So you have to be you have to be sparing when that's what you've got. See, I was always. I was always a dagger man. It was very easy. You know, it flew fast. It hit something on the other side of the screen. Um, I think as far as like usefulness goes, I think the ax is definitely up there with all those fucking birds and things that are flying around up in the air. Or, or if there's a candle that you can't hit with your whip that you need an ax for or bosses. Yeah. And it's the only one that, that you can hit stuff above you with. Yeah. Yeah. Because especially in, in the Nintendo games, uh, you couldn't strike up well and actually you know what in in part three could you strike straight up okay it was just straight ahead whipping still yeah starting in in uh super castlevania 4 
you could strike diagonal up down like if wiggly you were, whip. If, yes you could hold it hold it down and waggle your waggle his arm around and it didn't do as much damage but it, it could stop something and you know you could hit it several times to kill it yeah and th- well and then there's the holy water which would like pause the enemy and kind of do continuous damage to him holy water definitely had its uses as well yeah there it, well, and for certain bosses there was definitely a certain weapon yeah. Like the, that was the right weapon to use. Like for death, it you should have the cross because you need that thing going back and forth across the stre- screen, taking those fucking sides out. Well, and a lot of times they will provide that for you. Yeah. Right. Before, yeah. They'll give you they'll give you some wall meat. They'll give you uh, the right kind of weapon and, you know, like five candles that that have hearts in them so you can use it. Um, that's what they have right right before Dracula in, in part four. They give you that cross, although I haven't utilized. I mean, then again, I can only use it five times. So, yeah, you got to be pretty sparing at that point. Yeah, it's all trial and error right now. And thank the uh, the the good Lord of video games that they uh, that they that we have save states. And and then, I mean, in the early ones, too, you had a couple other drops that weren't necessarily sub weapons. Like you had the cross that killed everyone on the screen. That's right. And you had the potion that that? uh, would turn you invisible or like make you, you know, where you could walk through enemies. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Yeah. And it worked for like five fucking seconds it was so fucking short yeah i swear i got one last night that didn't even work i had like yeah. just gotten i was like okay cool i can fucking run through here and it it i don't know it it didn't seem to work it allows you to walk past like one zombie it's like i could have just hit him with my whip but yeah. it wasn't really that fucking useful <laughs> like here have a have a little break very very little break so I think something else that is a big staple of Castlevania games started from the beginning again was the music. Oh, th- that is, I think that is my, one of my favorite things about Castlevania. It's one of the things that sticks with me. I just fucking love the music from these games. Yeah. They've got such a, like, even though there's still the same, like what, three or four track synthesized sounds like they've got such a cool, gothic, dark, like minor key uh like uh, but it, but it's still upbeat and still like badass yeah yeah and it's kind of like it's a little cinematic i guess like it kind of gives you that that feel the first three were all um like the main composer on them i think there was there was two of them but the the one that did like vampire killer like you know the the main you know the first song from the original castlevania game see i would start like singing it with my with just with my mouth right now but i'm so like there are so many castlevania songs that are to me castlevania that i i'm afraid that i would start doing the wrong one well yeah because you've got you've got vampire killer you've got bloody tears from from two Mm -hmm. and you've got uh, beginnings from castlevania three all of which are used in like nearly every game thereafter okay yeah and something I loved was that, you know, and, and you just touched on it there, but they all had track names. Like yeah. you, you can go and, and find like a YouTube compilation of, you know, an entire video game soundtrack. And they actually have like time codes with the name of the track. I was like, holy shit. They, wow. They actually named all of these songs. There's like 25 of them. Yeah. But the lady that, that, that wrote like Vampire Killer and I think Bloody Tears. Yeah. Was uh, um, Kinuyo Yamashita uh, under the pseudonym. James Banana. <laughs> um, and it was her first composing gig out of school. Holy shit. Yeah, way to start your career, man. I hope she's got royalties from that. Like, I hope Probably she's living not. large. I, I can almost guarantee you she does not. Oh, boy. <laughs> but yeah, no, she fucking killed it. She did. 
And she wrote like, most of the iconic ones from those first three games. Uh, and uh, they're just, they're so fucking metal. Yeah. Like, like you, you go on YouTube and get like the heavy metal covers of Bloody Tears and you're like, yes, this is how this is meant to be played. Yeah, like that one dude that plays like all the instruments together or, or himself and like his video will switch off with him yeah. playing. Yeah, that guy is fucking bad. But yeah, I mean, it, they're, they're just such jams. Like they are classical sounding and metal sounding and like fucking 8-bit Nintendo music. Yeah, and, and that's something that... that definitely carries on through symphony of the night like that was something i was I, I will bring up later on you know just it is classical and metal and it's fucking bad that's such a good combo um and you know that's one thing when it when it moved into the super nintendo era um to be honest i wasn't very impressed with the with the music in super castlevania 4 and it wasn't until you get into like the final area of of Dracula's castle, or like the one right before you uh, you fight Dracula, where they they brought back the old tunes. There's like four in a row that are like you know the classic Castlevania yeah. ones, and and it was so awesome to hear them, uh, you know, in with 16 bit era sound. So I, one of the questions I had for you was uh, what uh, what do you think the most iconic Castlevania song is? Like is it is it Vampire Killer? Is it Bloody Tears? Is it Beginning? I think it's got to be one of those three. See, I need to hear them because the uh, I, I've been sitting here trying to play them in my head, and the the one that pops in my head immediately. Maybe you can tell me which one it is. Is the the that's Vampire Killer? Okay, and then how do the other ones go? Um, so the, the beginning is the um. Oh boy, now I, I got feel that like one a fucking poser not being able to to just conjure them. I can look them up real quick. God, now see, yeah. Once you have one in your head, it's hard to get. I just yeah. had before you did that. I had b- beginning in my head. Yeah, we can just play the intros to them. Yeah, or here, you want me to play them on here? Yeah, so that we can both hear them. Well, in case we cut it out, listeners, we're gonna go ahead and listen to those three songs real quick and not put you through it. Or maybe we should put them through it just so, in case they don't know, then uh, and if they do know, they can enjoy it. All right, so here is Vampire Killer. Okay. Yep. That bass line. Yeah, this is definitely like the adventure theme. Yeah. Yep, yep. And then uh, here is the original Bloody Tears. Oh, yeah. This one's a jam, too. And this is the one that that, that guy on YouTube, the metal guy, just fucking destroys yeah. this one. Well, it's got those little fast parts. Yeah. And this is all, like, tap and shit on the neck. Okay. So, uh, yep, that's that one. And then... Uh, Beginning is this one. This one's got a rock and bass line too.
So yeah, of those three, I think I'd have to go with the original one. Um, I they are all synonymous with Castlevania, but I think the original one and and it's probably the 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 least vampire killer. Yeah, yeah, it's it's probably the least exciting of all of them. Uh, it's got the least going on, but but it says Castlevania. Yeah, yeah, I I think it's probably been used the most. I mean, it's the original yeah. game. Uh, Bloody Tears is also there a lot. Yeah. I think my favorite is beginning, but I think I'm heavily biased to Castlevania three. Like that was the, you know, it's like your first love, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) you probably have a hard time going back to the original Castlevania and only playing as one character throughout the entire thing. You know, the thing is I hardly ever switch. Like when I was playing through, I, I, I voided the clock tower because I was like, Oh fucking clock tower. The clock tower in three is such a motherfucker. Yeah. And, uh, and that was the way I always went when I was a kid. And I was like, well, I'm just going to go the other way now. Cause fuck that. Yeah. And then I remembered, fuck, that's where you get Grant to nasty. And Grant to nasty was the only, the other guy that I played as I like, I liked Grant because <laughs> he could walk on walls and he could throw knives and he could walk on the fucking ceiling. And so I ended up going the swamp route and got Alucard who is a big turd. Well, yeah. And that is, that marks the, uh, the series introduction to alucard right he's not in the wait oh is he in the second one no he's not oh okay yeah no that is definitely the yeah yeah the introduction to alucard the son of dracula dracula spelled backwards yeah i'm gonna name my son nodge yeah i I thought it was funny in uh aria of sorrow later on that uh alucard's in that but he's in japan so he's going by arucardo oh geez i don't know if we can do that (laughs) (laughs) Um, they just like you know japanify his name yeah but outside of that i mean i think my favorite song from all of castlevania is the clock tower song from castlevania 3 uh that is my that's like the ringtone i have for my daughter oh awesome on my phone what's what's your ringtone for me right now batman oh that's right yes yeah and then i guess the the others in this category um i don't remember the music in super castlevania 4 uh bloodlines it was okay it's it's like, pretty standard. Like I mean, well, let's just say Bloodlines in general seems like somebody. Well, it's it's like they had a, an AI play a bunch of Castlevania games and then make a Castlevania game. <laughs> like it's got. So the the Bloodlines team's intelligence was artificial. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's got it's got a guy with a whip. It's got monsters. It's got water and blocks that fall out under you, and and it's got Medusa heads. But it's it just controls a little weird. So it just and, falls short. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It is probably my least favorite Castlevania game, and it's just like the the level design seems uninspired. Like it's not necessarily bad. It's just kind of blasé. Yeah, it's it's like it's, it's like a really good programmer from like you know EA or Midway who was making sports games got brought over, and they're like, okay make a Castlevania game. So he played some other ones, but he didn't really understand why they were great. Yeah. Cause it, it, it feels a bit different. And, uh, I mean, I think it might just be that Konami's B team was their Sega team. Yeah. Because, uh, the Contra hardcore, same fucking thing. Yep. Like it's kind of like Contra, but not really. And it's weird. Like they changed up all the designs of a bunch of the monsters in, in the Sega one, like the, like the Fishmen look totally i mean they look kind of cool they're pretty badass they look pretty rad but they're definitely different and uh everything's just 
segified. Like all the colors are Sega colors. Yeah, yeah. Like they're they're that more kind of bright and and fancy. Yeah, like the pinks and oranges and stuff are more saturated. Though the monster deaths are gorier looking. Yeah. Like there's a lot more blood and like you see like, you know, like they'll split open and they'll see like their bones and guts and shit and it's like that's kind of cool. Yeah. But yeah, it it was odd. It just doesn't feel right to me. And one thing that I didn't realize about Castlevania 4, because I've always loved that game. I've, I've gone back to it tons of times, even though I've never beaten it. But one thing I realized when I was doing a little research on, uh, on the game itself was apparently it's not that highly regarded. I, I like, like one of the top articles on, on Google was just like, why Super Castlevania 4 is the worst or something like that. Well, clearly they didn't play Bloodlines. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> I mean, it does feel different than a classic Castlevania. Also, uh, like the dude I was talking about earlier, uh, Akamatsu, like he got fired from Konami after Castlevania 3 because 2 and 3 didn't sell well. And it was all about fucking making money. And if your games didn't make money, you were fuck out. So that's why they went back to Simon Belmont, single character, just walking through levels, whacking things. Yep, for, yeah, because uh, yeah, exactly. Because the sequels didn't didn't fucking pan out, which is it boggles my mind because they're fucking great. Yeah, but I, I guess uh, 1990 world didn't agree with that. No, at that point it was mostly parents buying games for their kids, and so buying a game about monsters and shit maybe wasn't the shtick. I don't know. I mean, but Castlevania the original sold well, so I I don't know. Well, when we get that time machine, we'll go check it out. Yeah. So I guess going from the 16-bit, we go into the 32-bit into the next era, which is holy fuck. Ooh, it's a big one. Yeah. The the Metroidvania era. I mean, it created a genre. You know, the genre yep. of Metroidvania, uh, which is funny that it's got the Vania on there because uh, like the first nine Castlevania games are not Metroidvania games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, th <laughs> this one, if you've never played it, uh, I mean... Stop listening to us right now and go go play it. The, the Symphony of the Night is more important than we are. Yeah, go play all 200% of Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Holy shit, this changed the game. You're, you are Alucard from the... St well, I guess it opens up with your Richter Belmont, which came out of, oh, a game we didn't uh, mention, but Dracula X. Yeah, Rondo of Blood. Yeah. Um, which I did, I did have the cartridge very briefly. I borrowed it from a friend, um, years ago. Um, and, but I, of course I never beat it, but, uh, Richter was a badass and he could slide and run. He could slide. Could you double jump in Dracula X? I, I don't, don't think so. I don't think so. No, but you, he could, he could do the cool slide thing and the, and the charge. Yeah. Yeah. Those were rad. So it opens up with Richter from that and you go fight Dracula and, and you kill him. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then that's. It's a hell of a way to open a Castlevania game. Yeah, fucking no charge in and fucking kill Dracula. And you've got like all the badass powers that you would have at the end of a Castlevania game as you start, which oh, is cool. Oh yeah, when you start up as Alucard, you you are fucking worthless. No, no, no. Oh, you, oh that's no, right. Yeah, you are badass. Up. Yeah, yeah. And then death steals your shit. That's right. He comes and he takes your fucking stuff and then you got to find the, uh, you find like, as you go through the game, you find like the fake Alucard sword and the, what what they call it? It was the, uh, because there's the Alucard sword and the Alucard armor, like all that stuff, but it's the there was something slightly changed about it. Oh, I don't remember. It was like spelled slightly wrong. Yeah, you know, it's what's like Alucard or something. It's funny because, like, <laughs> I mean, I can I can go ahead and say, and I think we've said in the past that like this is one of my favorite games of all time. 
when we did like the PlayStation era video game things, this was this was my top. Yeah, this is this is the defining game from that era for me. But this thing, this thing changed the game so enormously. Like you, you don't have a whip. You're not a Belmont. There's no Belmonts. Um, it introduced uh, RPG elements of like upgrading your armor and your weapons and your health and potions and fucking clothing. Like you could get cloaks that did different things and you could change colors on it. Like, and then you had this massive castle that exists. I mean, I mean, you, the entire game takes place in this castle and there are areas that are not accessible right away, but you have to, and that's why they called it Metroidvania because it was all about the exploration and like unlocking areas. And there was a little percentage thing up in the corner of the map that told you what percentage of the map you got. Yeah. And uh, you could get it up to 200% complete. I think it was, if you unlocked more than like, I think it was like 96% of the castle, you could go up and, uh, well, I guess the boss of the game is Richter, who has been, who's like been mind controlled. Yeah. yeah. And if, if you've got below 96% or whatever the percentage is, it was 90 something. Then you kill Richter, game Game's ends. Over. Yeah, and you're like, hooray, I did it. But if it's over that 90-something, then the castle flips upside down. Yep, and you can play through the whole fucking thing, re-explore it. There's some new secrets and shit. Like, it's shocking how much it changes when everything's upside down. Everything feels different. Like, it feels like a new, like new levels, even though it's not. Like, they're semi-familiar, yeah. but everything's backwards. Well, and that's the brilliant thing about it taking place in a castle is... You're never going to fall out into the sky. You know, there's always a floor because there was always a roof. Yeah. And by that point, you have like sweet fucking powers where you can like laser yourself up into the air and shit. You could mist through fucking grates and all kinds of cool shit. Turn into a wolf. Yeah. It was built on exploration, finding all the secrets. It had RPG elements. You know, you'd level, you had levels, you'd level up. You had different equipment. You'd find different weapons that that acted differently. Like you, you'd have a big axe that swung slowly, or you'd have a like a little, you know, a little um, rapier. Yeah, that was like just go. You could stab super fast with it. You had a bunch of different, like it had kind of the classicish sub weapons, but you had other other options like little magic spell things you could do. Yeah, and I remember once you upgraded to a certain level, or maybe it was if you had a certain artifact, like, you could, like, turbo power those weapons. Like, I remember with the dagger, like, you use your power, and then all of a sudden, he, he like, launches out, like, a thousand little yeah. fucking daggers, like, like it, almost like it's a big laser beam. Yeah, and the, the guy who gets a lot of credit for that, at least, uh, you know, it was a team effort. Video games always are. Yeah. But the dude that gets a lot of credit for that is uh, Koji Igarashi. And he, he, I think he worked on Dracula X too, and he worked on Symphony of the Night, and then he worked on a bunch of the, you know, the other games in this genre, the, you know, the, the Aria of Sorrows and. Yeah, there was like um, Aria of Sorrow and Dawn of Sorrow and never mind. I'm not even going to try. Portrait of Ruin and. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a list in front of me. So this I'm not... of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lots of this is of that. Harmony of Dissonance. Yeah. Uh, just, it, this was the Castlevania genre for a long time and, and i think handheld wise it remains the castlevania genre yeah and uh i don't get tired of it like if they, if if a new one comes out i'll i'll go fucking play through it like i just i absolutely love it yeah you know i i mentioned earlier that that i haven't beaten any or that i haven't beaten um super castlevania 4 yet even even though i've played it my whole life but i've actually 
only beaten two Castlevania games in my entire life, and that was Symphony of the Night. I I maxed that thing out. Yep. And um, Aria of Sorrow, the first Soma Cruise one, because I I was in that that uh that Metroidvania uh, mode, I guess. But it's weird because when I was playing uh, Castlevania Four last night, just to to get myself you know into Castlevania mode, it really struck me just how different you know these eras of Castlevania are, and and how they're both important. Because like you know one of my favorite video games of all time is arguably, you know, not what, well, it's not arguably, it's not what Castlevania was designed as. It just became what Castlevania was. Yeah, it is very different, but unlike, like, Bloodlines or or the next group that we're going to talk about, like, it still felt like Castlevania to me. Like, yeah. the, the way you play, you know, because... What Castlevania always has been for me, it's it's like platforming perfected. Like it is, it, it's got tight controls. Like you need to jump at the right time to get to this thing. Like a lot of places in Symphony of the Night, like you need to do a perfect double jump yeah. to get to that ledge. That's it. Like you have to, and you can't get to it. Or you can almost get to it with a jump, but not quite. And <laughs> so you have to wait <laughs> until you get the double jump to get to it. Oh, yeah. And, and and it's all about timing. It's You know, you jump up and, you know, especially if you've got something small like a dagger. Like, they've got some fairly powerful daggers and shit, but your reach is fucking nothing. Yeah. So like you just need to get your timing dead on. And it's all about just kind of perfecting every movement and getting, you know, becoming the controls. And, and I think these games still feel like that. They still get that feeling from the other ones. And they, they have the same aesthetic. Like, they still look... More, I mean, they look nicer, but they look like Castlevania still. Yeah, still you, you've got the you've got the same enemies. You've got your zombies in the beginning. You've got that that giant wolf ass creature. In fact, there there were a bunch of enemies uh, that I knew from Symphony that I didn't realize came from like Super Castlevania Four. Like those what I what I refer to uh, semi affectionately uh, affectionately as little billies. The uh, the flea man. Oh fucking flea man! That is my most hated fucking enemy i fucking like you go into a room full of flea men and i'm just like nope i'll just turn right the fuck back around and that's when it's good in uh in symphony of the night to have the little dagger because you can just flick it real quick at those guys because they jump up and down you know they you don't have especially in the older games you don't have any sort of control you have to hit them right dead center of your whip crack Well, because you'll whip right over them if they're on the ground yeah and they jump higher than your whip too yep oh man i'm playing through castlevania one where they come uh the part where they're dropping from the ceiling right before the frankenstein fight yeah and you know if you like you can get them like as soon as they hit the ground whack dead whack dead but if you like miss a couple and they start like they jump over you and then back over you again and you're turning around back and forth and missing them every time and then they fucked yeah they just fuck you over fucking flea men ass igor whatever the fuck they are (laughs) Uh. but i digress um i mean i i don't know what else to say other than I love this. Yeah, do genre. it. I mean, go, like, go play them. Yeah, it, you, it's exploration. It's monsters. It's making yourself tur- slowly turn into just an uber badass that can go through and just absolutely crush everybody. Yeah, and I've I've got this game downloaded on the Xbox, and I've gone back a few times to start playing it. But like, it's such a massive undertaking. Like, it's become one of those things where like I've played the beginning of that game exponentially more times than than i've played like the second half of it because i'll you know similar to uh to playing zelda like i i will know what comes later but i've forgotten how to get there in the middle and it's so fucking frustrating after a while i'm like i just i 
I want to go find a, a walkthrough or something, but then I feel like an asshole because when I first played it with my buddy, Sean, uh, we didn't have a walkthrough and you know, th th this is actually the most communal experience I ever had with a Castlevania game. Like I remember buying it for PlayStation and, uh, or maybe Sean had a PlayStation. He brought it over. Cause I don't think I had one back then. Maybe I did. I don't know. But we sat in the living room and just played like all day and all into the night. Yeah. And we, we would just sort of, you know, go on the honor system and be like, okay, it's been a while. Like you go ahead and play and I'll watch you. You know, and, and, but that, that is, that is the, the most multiplayer Castlevania has ever been for me. But I mean, we, we straight up played for, I think it was like 14 hours straight or some shit. I go back to that game like once every four or five years. I'll pull it out and start playing it again. How far do you get generally? You like maybe to like 80, 90% oh, castle shit. undone. Okay. Uh, first castle, you know, I usually don't beat Richter because I, I just life intervenes and I end up doing something else. Yeah. You know, uh, like, like Arya Sara, when I booted that up today, like I had one of my old save files on there where I was, you know, in the new game plus playing as Richter. Yeah. Oh, well, and that's something you could do. Or no, it wasn't Richter. I think it was Simon. I think you think you play as Simon Belmont at, oh, cool. in New Game Plus on Aria. Yeah, because uh, after you've beaten um, Symphony of the Night, if you start a new game w and put the name in as Richter for your player name, you can play through the castle as Richter, all buffed up, where you even have a super jump on there. But I don't think there's any actual like final boss or story or anything. Yeah, you're, you, you're yeah. just fighting through the castle. You're just fucking being a badass Belmont, wrecking yeah. everything in your path, killing most things with one or two hits. Yeah. Just destroying shit. So I guess that leads us into final uh, grouping of Castlevania games, yeah. the 3D Castlevania games that I think was ushered in with Castlevania 64. Yeah. Which, I, which I remember absolutely hating every bit of. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and somebody told me recently, and I didn't, I didn't double check, but I'm pretty sure it's just called Castlevania. Yes, but it's for the 64, yes. so I always called it Castlevania. Me too. 64, yeah, and like yeah. somebody corrected me, which, hey, that's kind of a little dick move. Oh, fuck you. There, yeah, there is a game <laughs> called Castlevania. It's for the NES. Actually, you know what? I think it might have been a loyal listener, so I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. If someone says, I was playing Castlevania last night, I'm not going to think about the one for N64. No. So... Well, and if they and if they're telling you about it, they're probably waiting for you to to yeah, or they're they're probably looking for the opportunity to say, oh, you know, the one for sixty four, <laughs> Castlevania. Don't call it Castlevania sixty four. But uh, I I remember absolutely hating it. I remember like being excited when it was coming out and then playing it and just being like, no. See, back then, absolutely not. On the Nintendo sixty four, there were so many games that were uh that made the transition to 3d that were fucking awesome like mario 64 was badass the zelda games were badass so you we were looking for the next one that was going to be badass you know because games like tomb raider were out by then where where you were used to a 3d world and a third person view and you're like okay if i can get my fucking castlevania like that let's do it and yeah i only remember playing it very very briefly guess where Sean's house? Sean's house. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was, I mean, I, I don't even really have any, like, I remember seeing the screen and I remember being frustrated and like moving around, but that's the only moment that I remember that game. It didn't feel like Castlevania. Like it looked kind of like Castlevania, like you're, you're facing the same enemies, but it didn't like Mario 64 still felt like Mario. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like it, it felt like a Mario game. You're running around, you're jumping on things, heads. It just, it, it was in 3D. So that was cool. But it, it, and, and same thing with Zelda, like Ocarina of Time feels like a Zelda game. Yeah. You know, I missed the 64 games, uh, for the most part, but, but even going to like Twilight Princess and like Skyward Sword, yeah. th- those are absolutely Zelda games. And the, the 3D ones in general, just, they don't feel like Castlevania to me. And I don't know, it, it just the, and I think it's part part of it's just being 3D. I think the the you know the the core of Castlevania is kind of that side scrolling 2D platformer for me at least. Well, and it and and like we talked about with the mechanics, especially of the original ones, like it's got a different feel than any other game, and and that's not a feel that you can replicate in 3D. Yeah, yeah, it's very very hard to because I mean they tried with stuff like Lament of Innocence mm-hmm. and Curse of Darkness for. Um, PlayStation 2? Yeah, I watched you PlayStation play, play both of those. No, PlayStation it was two. 2, yeah. yeah. Uh, both of which I have, both of which I enjoyed a lot. I, like, I did enjoy those games. They were fun. Um, but they, they weren't fun because they felt like Castlevania necessarily. They, they, they had good story. They had, you know... Better, yeah, they were well-made games. Better voice acting than Symphony of the Night. It's <laughs> 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 a, a pretty low bar, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they were fun. Uh, but... They felt different, um, mostly because, I mean, it's Castlevania is a platformer, and uh, especially on the N64, 3D platforming was f- fucking frustrating. It was hard, and it didn't, it wasn't very well done most of the time. Yeah. Uh, by the PlayStation 2 era, they had gotten a little bit better. Well, and, and to a degree, like, even even when you have a controllable camera, like, platforming is just different and difficult in three dimensions. Like it, yeah. it's like it, it is at its best in two dimensions. Well, and, and like for those two games, like they, they kind of dropped a little bit of the, of the, the platforming. Like it wasn't as vertical. It was more, you know, you're going from room to room, killing some bad guys and then going to the next room and killing some bad guys. It was less, you know, verticality wasn't really as, as big of a thing. Yeah. They didn't have any giant, like climbing up a, a tower part. I think they might have had a clock it. tower part, but it was, uh. I mean, I guess part of the clock tower is being a frustrating piss me off fest. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't. I shouldn't speak uh, speak to this with any authority, having not really played the games, just watching you play them a bunch. Um, but I mean, and those two were probably like the first. You know, Symphony had some story, but like these were like they were pretty story heavy. Like, oh yeah, they, they had more narrative. Early Castlevania games, like like you look at like the Castlevania timelines that people put out, and like when they were making these games. They were, you know, at least up until Symphony, they weren't worried about a timeline. They're like, yeah, sure. Dracula's here. <laughs> we're going to go fight him. Like there weren't, they weren't, there was no, like anybody worried about continuity or things making sense. So a lot of the Castlevania timeline is something that's been like put together after the fact. Yeah. Cause there were, there was originally, I think it was like the third Game Boy uh, Castlevania game where it was supposed to have been like the first Belmont. And it, I think her name was like Sonia or something. It was, it was a female Belmont. And it was supposed to have been like the first time they took on Dracula, and but then that got retconned with uh, Lament of Innocence. Well, yeah, and I think like I think even like Dracula's Curse, it was supposed to be like the Belmonts had been around for a thousand years doing fighting monsters, and but then by Lament of Innocence, like okay, it was like four hundred years. Yeah, they've been around about four hundred years. Yeah, um, but you know that that's the way it goes. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a franchise when it first came out. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a fucking game. Well, and nobody, nobody really gave a shit about video game canon back then. Like, no, who, who knows? 
you know, how old Mario is. And, you know, for all we know, Super Mario 3 could be a prequel to the first one. Yeah. But it it doesn't matter. And then came games like Lords of Shadow, which was essentially like, hey, people like God of War. Mm -hmm. Let's make Castlevania God of War. And uh, it was not as good as God of War. Um, No. And a lot of it didn't, like, it took a long time to even, like, get to the castle. Yeah, like, I I was going to say, like, hey, I like God of War. So, I mean, I understand them them making it. And, like, to be honest, I like Lords of Shadow. I have not gotten anywhere near beating it. And it's, you know, just like Symphony of the Night is a completely different beast than the original Castlevania. I mean, granted, there are more similarities. Like, I like this one for what it is, too. Like, it doesn't feel like the original Castlevania, but it is cool living in the Castlevania world and playing a different type of game that I still enjoy, like God of War. Yeah. And it's narrated by Patrick Stewart. Shit. So, like, that's, I mean, that's something. That's classy as shit. Yeah, that's worth, that's worth some points. And you're you're back to being a Belmont in that one. You're Gabriel Belmont. You've got like your your vampire killer is like a a cross thing that has a chain or that something. like extends out. Yeah. yeah, I think that one is generally regarded as outside of continuity. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah, because there's that whole like order of light or something. Yeah, shit. and it, it happens at like the end of days where everything still looks medieval. I, yeah. So I'm not <laughs> sure what was going on there. And I haven't I haven't played the second Lords of Shadow. I read that that you're apparently Dracula taking or going to take out satan so oh yeah that's interesting yeah that's pretty neat no i I have not played that either but i mean and but and that one came out in like what was it 2016 2014 no maybe 2016 the last uh the last lords of shadow and that's like the the last like major console release for castlevania like it's been dormant for yeah, years. I, I think they might have come out with like a with a, a handheld one since yeah then, yeah but, but yeah nothing for yeah, there hasn't been any major console releases in a while, and and I don't know if 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 either of those did very well. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm I'm sure the first Lords of Shadow sold well because of what it was, you know, and like the hype behind it. I remember us playing it at Comic Con, yeah, um, years oh. ago. Like there there was that little there was that little uh, kiosk that you could play it because it was going to be coming out soon, and and I I remember like it, there was a part where you're like climbing up a giant pillar and having to. In fact, I wonder if that was Lords of Shadow too. Come to think of it. Because I feel like we were Dracula. Yeah, might have been. Yeah, I'm not sure. When do we go to Comic-Con? Oh, boy, I don't know. Sometime in the past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it probably was about five years ago. It was when we were, oh, no, it was when we were doing Travels in Time. So, no, that was, so that would have been the first, uh, the first. Yeah, I don't um, know. Lords of Shadow. Time is one of those things that, that gets behind me a lot now. <laughs> Speaking of time. Is it time to take a break? Yeah, I think it is. All right, let's go do it. Hello, I am Christy. And I'm Leighton. And together we are a new podcast on whiskey tasting called Married Married Mash. Mash. Where we discuss life, family, and pretty much anything. Yep, and Leighton brings a new whiskey for me to try. Will we clink it? Or will we sink it? Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And remember, always drink responsibly. Indeed. Welcome back. Oh, we're Dracula. recording? Dracula. Yes, John. We're <laughs> recording. Oh. <laughs> I didn't fucking know that. <laughs> um, hey, yeah. Thank you for welcoming me back. So um, one final note on Castlevania games 
I guess the other category would be ones that aren't Castlevania games. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Koji Igarashi like kickstarted uh, a few, three games now, I think, that are basically like spiritual successors to Castlevania called uh, Bloodstained, a series called, you know, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 1 and 2 and Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Mm-hmm. And I've played a bunch of Curse of the Moon. It is a, you know, love letter to the original three games. I'm surprised I haven't played that over here because I feel like I saw you playing it once. And I feel like even even once, maybe early on in our uh, off-topic debriefs, I saw a trailer for one of those, which probably would have been Circle of the Moon, and talked about it, but I've still never played any of them. They're good. I think Circle of the Moon's on Xbox Game Pass right now. Well, I don't have fucking Game Pass. Uh, you're a chump. Is it is it uh, buyable in the store? Yeah. Oh, cool. It reminds me a lot of Castlevania 3. You've got three different people, and you can switch between them, and you don't die until all three of them die. Oh, okay. You've each kind of got your own power. There's like uh, one dude who's uh, he's kind of like a cleric, and there's like a fighter guy, and then there's like a sorcerer lady. Yeah. Sounds or fairly like a, standard. She, she's got like a whip. The girl's got a whip and has <laughs> some magic. And uh, but do, it's not a vampire killer. No, let's <laughs> no, let's, yeah. let's be clear about that. No, Konami. it is not. It is. Yeah, it's probably a. Uh, it's probably the Frankenstein slapper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then like the fighter dude's got like a sword, and he's got like this like thing that goes up at a 45 degree angle. I don't know what, what it is. I couldn't even guess we'll, what it is. We'll call it a dealy Bob. And then like the cleric guy's got like a club. Well, thing. What, what does this dealy Bob do besides go up at a 45 degree angle? Kill things at a 45 degree. Okay. Angle. So he like throws something or no, it's on like a line. It, it, it's kind of like a whip, except it's like a, maybe it's a yo-yo, you know, <laughs> it goes up and then it comes back. It's got a little ball in the end. I don't know what the fuck it is. Okay. <laughs> I was just, uh, uh, trying to, trying to get a little clarity there. Oh, like, well, you came to the wrong a, place. It's a sandwich. <laughs> just, <laughs> he, he throws a sandwich into the air. I don't know. 45 degree angle. That's the important part. Yeah. It's a 45 degree angle attack. <laughs> um, I haven't played the second one, but the first one's fucking great. Uh, it, it, it fills all the right holes. Well, yeah. And you were saying that, that he's also made some that are like symphony of the night, like Metroidvania. So yeah. Ritual of the night is uh, almost titled like symphony of the yeah, night. No shit. He's like symphony of the day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe that's the next one. <laughs> um, and I haven't played that one, but I watched some gameplay footage on it and uh, it looks fucking cool. It looks like symphony of the night with uh, modern graphics and a few cool modern. It's got like a loadout system so that you can, uh, you could have like your ice build where like, you've got like your ice sword and some, and the spells that are equipped, you know, you know, you can always equip like the different orbs and shit in symphony of the night. Mm-hmm. It's like that, except you've got a bunch of presets. So real cl- quick, you can go to the menu and switch to a different build. I want to be Iceman right yeah, now. I yeah. want to be a fireman. You're like, oh, there's some fire dudes over there. I'm going to put my ice sword on, and I'm going to hit them with my ice sword because it does more damage. It looked red. I mean, it looked like Symphony of the Night with better graphics and some like uh, modernization. So uh, I'm going to buy and play that. What's it called? Bloodstained? Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. It bears mentioning because, like you were saying, they haven't put out any big console releases in a long time, uh, except for these. Yep. They have come out in the last few years. And so if, if Konami ain't going to do shit with it, fuck them. Yeah. Someone else can scratch that itch for me. It doesn't <laughs> need to be Konami. All right. Well, I guess we can we can move into structure as we as we do after the break. We already covered our first impression. I think 
with a lot of these topics, it's good to have it up top, even though that shrinks our uh, our second quote unquote half, which I, I mean, I don't even know what it is anymore. Like we, we shouldn't even try to pretend that our break comes halfway through, but that it is the logical spot for it. Yeah. You know, between talking and structure. Um, but that comes down to a uh, favorite use in pop culture, Ben. So in pop culture, outside of the video games, what is your favorite? Yeah. The pickings are kind of slim. Yeah. This is not a franchise that has, has wandered far from its video game roots. I guess you could say, I, I know you were mentioning there was a comic book at one point. Yeah. Didn't yeah. read it. Don't, don't, you know, heard it wasn't that great. Uh, it was published by IDW and written by Mark Andreco. And I don't remember the name of the artist, but it was one I didn't recognize. It had very, very uh, Japanese feel to it. And the coloring was garish. And I don't know. I read the first issue when it came out because it was Castlevania. Like, fuck yeah. It's a Castlevania comic. Of course. Um, but I never went back for the rest. I don't know. Maybe I'll go and read it, read it digitally. So, uh, I had a couple options in mind for this. And, uh, since you took the other one, Uh it kind of made my mind up for me. My favorite use in pop culture is the, uh, the Netflix original Castlevania TV show. Yeah. It's got three seasons out now and, uh, it is pretty damn good. It is, I've, I've got some nitpicks on it, but all in all it is, it is Castlevania and you get to see Belmont's fighting, uh, fighting dracula and alucard it's it's basically the story of castlevania 3 so uh you know that's right up my alley yeah of course you like it yeah i only saw the first season so far i i I wanted to go and watch some more of it in preparation for this but i just didn't have the time um but i remember when the first season came out just sort of being like oh wait what's going like i mean it was cool there was a bunch of backstory with dracula and you know sort of showed showed him as a sympathetic character and and you know, made it really understandable why he's so fucking pissed. Yeah. You know, if, if I saw my wife get burned at the stake by a bunch of fucking fanatics, I and I had big evil powers, you can bet your ass I'd fuck you up. Yeah, you're, you're fucking toast, dude. He's, he's nice enough to give him a year. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I the, the only thing that bummed me out was that at the, at the end of the first season, it basically... It ended where I wanted it to start. You know, where like they 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 had met Alucard, they're in the depths of Castle Dracula or whatever, and now they're ready to go fuck some shit up. It's like, okay, I want it. So I don't know why I haven't watched the second season yet. Yeah, the second season does start there. Oh, oh, good. <laughs> so I'll, I'll try not to do much in the way of spoilers because there's there's three seasons now. Yeah, and uh, it's written by Warren Ellis. Oh, no shit. Yeah, he did right. like Transmetropolitan and a shit ton of X-Men. Yeah, Authority. And, uh, yeah, he, uh, he, I guess he also wrote uh, the story for Dead Space. Oh, no shit. Game. Yeah. Um, and you can tell it was written by Warren Ellis. It's It, it, it has a kind of a Transmetropolitan lots of fucks and... <laughs> <laughs> very very British uh, sensibility. Yeah. Wait, is Warren Ellis British? I, Actually, I, believe, I don't know if I think he, he is. is. Is he? Okay. I think he is. I'd believe it. But it's it's a bit gratuitous. In, in like you know, there's just lots of fucks for no reason. Um, it doesn't bother me. Like I'm not offended by language, but it's kind of like Deadwood was, where it's just like, you know, like the mayor's just like, "Fuck you! I don't care what the fuck you're saying, you piece of shit." Or and it's like, what? does that make it better? I don't. I don't think people talked like that in the 1400s. Certainly not nobility, but uh, whatever. If I could, you were there and you were nobility, you would have. Yeah, I have. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean. I, I can look past that. Uh, 
One of the other big criticisms I've heard of it is that it, like what you said, what, you know, what is the, what is Castlevania? It's a guy storming a castle, killing a bunch of monsters and fighting Dracula. Yeah. And, and I kind of felt the same way to start with, but I really appreciate what they are doing because it is expanding the lore kind of beyond that and kind of bringing in characters from a bunch of the different series is <laughs> you series. fucking did it <laughs> <laughs> from a bunch of the different uh games really. series apostrophe and and kind of weaving the story outside of just belmont fight dracula yeah. which you know people say well that's not what i want to see in castlevania it's like well okay but how many seasons of a show are you going to watch where it's a dude going through a castle fighting monsters to get to dracula one is the answer Maybe a second one. They they could find something with a with supporting cast to help him through the castle, or a yeah. nice betrayal yeah, or but, something. Yeah, you've got to go somewhere else. Like, I mean, how, you know, how many episodes of someone fighting their way through different rooms in a castle are you going to put up with before they get to Dracula? And once they get to Dracula, game's over. What are you going to do? You know, you have to either go beyond that or not. Yeah, especially if you want to keep the same cast. Like, cause yeah. I, I mean, I feel like a show like Dexter ran into that problem where it was like. The first few seasons of Dexter killing bad guys and almost getting caught was fucking great. But eventually, like, you need to shake things up a little bit. You need to have people find them out. You need to have, you know, an expanded take on it, you know, where, where you have to throw in different things. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And, and I think in this one, for me, it works. It stays lore consistent. I mean, Castlevania has always been kind of lore light, honestly. It's like, here's the background you need to justify going into this castle and killing all these monsters. Yeah. Belmonts versus Dracula. Yeah. And, and this one does work in stuff like from, uh, you know, like it, it doesn't go into Lament of Innocence, but the Curse of Darkness, like it's got, it's got Hector and Isaac, the Forge Masters in there. And, and, and just like in that game, you know, Hector kind of defects and, you know, Isaac's pissed about it and they're going to fuck some shit up. And so it, I think they could have spent a little bit more time on fighting through the castle to get to Dracula, like maybe three or four episodes, because uh, they do it really fast. Okay. Um, a little, and they could have spent some more time and, and dropped some more gems in there. But the story that he's telling outside of that and kind of what else is going on, because there's like at least four different storylines going on. Oh shit! And, and it's using a bunch of different characters from from that from the universe, and so it, I like what he's doing. I'm going to keep watching it. Now, are there any uh, flea mans in there or Medusa heads? Uh, you know, I don't think I've seen either of those. They, they've got like not interested. They've got loads of. Uh, I know those are your favorite enemies. <laughs> I, they've got uh, they got loads of other recognizable enemies in it though that are pretty rad. Especially the, like the last the last episode of season three had a ton of them. Yeah, and it was pretty cool seeing all them. Well, and, come and in there. the I remember the last episode of the first season. Like once they're once they're like getting into the castle and like going down towards the basement and shit. Like there's like clock gears and shit. Yeah. I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> but it, it actually started feeling like Castlevania because a lot of the stuff that that's, you know, either history or, uh, whatever Belmont it is. I can't remember being like a drunk. It's Trevor. Oh, it's Trevor. Okay. I wanted to see him go into a fucking castle and, and fighting Dracula. And do so. some vanying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and and that itch doesn't get scratched as hard as it probably should have, but otherwise they're telling a good an interesting story with it. And uh, if you can if you can get past all the fucks and and gratuitous sexual references and everyone being a little more flippant than they probably should be, you know, you know, everyone's kind of cavalier 
it's it's a good watch. Uh, the only thing that was kind of awkward, I was watching the, I, you know, I finished up season three last night, and and my son was watching it with me, which is fine. It's got it's got some like it's got some good fucking violent fight scenes, which you know whatever he's seen Alien, it's nothing yeah. worse than that. But it did get a little awkward because like at the end of the that one, there's like four things going on. Two of them are cool badass battles, and the other two are sex scenes, cartoon yes. sex scenes with yes. cartoon boobs. And I get, I like look over at my 10 year old son and he's just like, uh, like you can see he's kind of awkward and he ends up like leaving the room partway through. Cause he went on for a long time. Like it was cutting between them. So, but it'd be like something cool going on and then like boobs. <laughs> so I need to start with the, the last episode of season three. So work uh, my way back. Th- that was, it was also a bit gratuitous, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I like it. I could, I could see why some people are kind of turned off by it though. Okay. And I guess on one final note. Ooh. Our benevolent benefactors over at the Geekly Grind uh, are offering up uh, a giveaway this episode. Yeah. And that giveaway is of uh, season one of the Castlevania show on uh, Blu-ray. Yeah. So stay tuned to the end of the episode for details on how you can win that shit. Boy, we got to figure out those details. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, John. Yeah. What is... uh? What is your favoriteest thing from the pop culture? Well, uh, I'm earlier when I came over, you know, sometimes we talk about what it is. I mean, I feel like favorite use now we we generally talk about ahead of time. Want to make sure we don't have the same thing. Yeah, cuz it, it it's happened a few times on the show and there's been a few times also where we've kept it from happening on the show. I think there's been at least once where we went with it because it was the right answer. <laughs> um, well, yeah, like you said, the the pickings are slim. Um, I I instantly nixed out the uh, the Simon Belmont character from Captain N, the Game Master, because <laughs> that guy was a fucking bumbling doofus, uh, fucking narcissist. I, so that that's not my Simon Belmont. I don't know no. where the fuck that guy came from, but get him the hell out of my face. Um, another another little runner up. Um, unfortunately I don't have, uh, maybe I'll find you a link, um, put in the show notes, but, uh, I just stumbled upon, there was like this, uh, this group, it wasn't any like giant famous orchestra or anything, but this dude, like this, uh, conductor put on a big, like Castlevania, like full orchestra. Oh performance. yeah. It was in Sweden. Is that where it was? Yeah. Stockholm. I think, uh, I, I watched the same thing. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. When it, when they, they had like. The dra- or the dude like up up top on the organ. I think the actual yeah. composer would go up there and do that. Yeah, like a big proper pipe organ. Yeah, that yeah, was fucking cool. Um, but what I was certain you weren't gonna go for, but apparently you you did, and I'm glad we talked about it. Was uh the this these guys on YouTube uh, called the Super Guitar Bros, um, where they they are two dudes who figure out and orchestrate. Uh, and play uh, two guitars and they, they are sorry they they play um, video game music and they have some of the most gorgeous Ooh. fucking tunes out there and if you're a patreon subscriber you can get the tabs too but i wouldn't even know what to do with the tabs because <laughs> yeah i'm not good enough for that these guys are so fucking good i can't remember their individual names um, one of them plays a classical one plays a regular acoustic guitar and and the dude on the classical just he is a finger-picking extraordinaire, and the other guy is fantastic too. I know that that sounds dismissive, but he is. But they have uh, they have a triplet. I don't know. They they have three 
Castlevania medleys. Two, well, two that I know of for sure, and maybe some of uh, some of Simon's Quest is mixed in with the first one. No, they have a full Simon's Quest one. Okay, okay. Two. So, th- so yeah. they've got three medleys that are all Castlevania uh, for one, two, and three, and they are amazing. They're fucking brilliant. Yeah. So they they'll just they they take several of the songs from the video games. They figured it out. It it moves through the uh, the tunes seamlessly. Um, I mean, I'm sure there there are some cuts in it because sometimes the camera angle will change or something. I'm like, I wonder if I wonder if one of them fucked up at that part, so they had to sort of weave it weave it in with a with a camera cut. Um, but they're amazing. The, those two dudes are fantastic. I found them when I first uh, when it, when they they did a uh, Legend of Zelda dungeon yeah. medley. And it's it's gorgeous. I'll I'll just throw it on in the background when I'm working. And um, yeah. I think they've got like seed, full like proper CDs you can buy too of that. Oh shit. Yeah? yeah, I saw they have an album on on YouTube YouTube Music. Yeah, yeah. No, th- those guys are badass. I will definitely put links to that in the show notes. You guys should go check that out if you haven't heard it because they they are uh, a couple of talented gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. They they, they make me think of like what we would have been if we had dedicated our lives to guitar. Cause we like to do the same thing. Like when we figured out the GI Joe theme song, you know, like, Oh yeah. We, we used to jam like punch out and fucking all kinds of stuff. Yeah. We love figuring out video game music, but not to this level. Holy shit. No, there, and there's a lot of great folks out there covering good Castlevania music. Like the mini bosses, I think have some and, uh, um, what's that? Other? The advantage. The advantage is yeah. The, yeah, they've all, they've got some just fucking badass full, uh, full band arrangements of yeah. of all of like all the 8-bit shit but uh good castlevania stuff too mm-hmm. um so little little what if ben what if dracula's castle popped up like eh, in america or in transylvania whatever it doesn't matter and let's say that like you know whatever whatever government like sent armies in there and they just never came back out you know like people go in with fucking guns and shit and they just disappear and they're never heard of again or heard from again. And let's say some old dude shows up at your doorstep with a whip and like some other wet, you know, a dagger and an axe and some holy water. And he says like, Hey, you're a descendant of the Belmont clan. I can, I can give you a little training on this shit, but you got to go kill Dracula. What, what would, what would you do? What would be your reaction? Like, would you embrace it? Would you just be like, Oh, oh eat shit. Like, I, I don't know <laughs> what. Uh, I don't, are there save rooms? Because <laughs> I've played a lot of Castlevania. And you know what I did a lot? Die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many continues do I have? Because yeah, I mean, if I can't do it uh, in a video game, I'd have a fucking hard time doing it in real life. Well, at least you'd be able to can you you can move your arm in any direction you want to. There, there's at least that. Yeah, I can't jump that high though. <laughs> <laughs> uh I mean, I would, uh, yeah, I mean, if it was like real life rules, I'd be like, sorry, dude, you're going to have to handle that shit yourself. Uh, cause I would die. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't mind like going and like standing, you know, a mile away and being like Dracula's castle looks really fucking cool. Yeah. And like hold the whip like a badass and have somebody yeah. take a picture from behind you. Just like the beginning of the, of all the good games. There'd probably be like a fucking line of people waiting to do that. <laughs> yeah. That is what would happen. Like if it, especially if it popped up in America, like everyone just taking fucking <laughs> selfies in front of castle Dracula. Fuck yeah. Or is the castle castle Dracula or is the castle named Castlevania? Cause I, I'm, I'm, 
feel like it's always Castle Dracula, but yeah, or Dracula's castle. Yeah, like why is why is it Castlevania? Is it because it's a castle in Transylvania and it just sounded cool? That's my guess. I bet it was just like this. That sounds neat. Let's do go with that. Yeah, uh, I'm sure maybe someone's post justified that lore. But uh, what about you? You, you going to take up the call, John? Probably not. I, I mean, in my heart, I, I would I would love to. But I mean, like the very second I stepped onto fucking Dracula's land, like stepped through that gate after my badass picture, I would probably just have like a heart attack from from like my anxiety level or some shit. I mean, it would, like, oh, it wait, would all... ghosts are real. I'm going to have to fight them. <laughs> it would it would also depend on the training. Like, yeah. like, you know, if I had a really badass montage with that dude and I was learning how to control the whip and like, say I had like, you know, just, uh, like fucking mannequins set up in like the backyard where I could, where I could practice the whip. And like, every time I cracked something with it, it like exploded or something. I'd be like, Whoa, like I do actually have some power. It would be those fucking pits that would, that would re- like the heights would probably scare me just uh, as bad as the da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I would definitely take him up on the training. Yeah. Be like, all right, let's see how this goes. And, and, you know, if I wasn't feeling up to snuff, I'd be like, sorry, dude, I didn't mean to waste your time, but I did waste your time. You need to, <laughs> you're going to have to find someone else. I'd be curious if, if I would be able to like in a pouch on my belt, like carry a phone or an MP3 player that could just go like, yeah, if I had the music like that, I, that might jazz me up a bit. Or if it just played like on, yeah, on yeah, the ground, it, it was just going on <laughs> in the background. <laughs> yeah, real life Castlevania. Well, I think that about does it. I think we're uh, we're time for uh, for it's time for one word reviews. Yes, it is. Well, I'm going to phone it in here because you know, like like words like transformative or adventure or fun are boring. And they, uh, I don't know, it doesn't really describe, I mean, it's, it's such a vague description. So this one is not going to describe things uh, a whole lot more, but I just like the way this word rolls off my tongue and as I say it for the first time. So it rolled off my brain's tongue well when I thought of it. I'm going Belmontastic. <laughs> um, I'm going to work that into my vocabulary now. Yeah, because, I mean, it, 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 this game is fantastic it's uh it's it's a fantasy game you're uh you're definitely fighting fantasy creatures that that don't exist and uh, i mean sure in in real life it'd be dark and scary but that's why we love this so much because fucking dark scary violent bloody creatures are great entertainment oh yeah um and just the idea of running through this shit and kicking the fuck out of these creatures is it's it's a great time. And that is exactly what Belmonts do. They run through with whips and holy water and crosses and daggers, and they kick the fuck out of bloody bad guys. So is that the definition of Belmontastic is, is just being a uh, fucking ever loving badass and just fucking evil up right in the face? Yeah. As, as long as it's like, like you couldn't go like, you couldn't go have a Belmontastic time going grocery shopping. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You got to fuck something up. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so yeah, if you if you're in front of the gate of Castle Dracula and you fucking pull your whip out and you're like, let's get Belmontastic. Fuck yeah, I can take that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, can you smell that one? Because I pulled it right out of my ass. <laughs> I'm gonna go with precise. 
Because uh, this was, like I said, the game that taught me not to mash buttons. This was the one where it was like, all right, you need to get your timing down. Sometimes you got to wait. You can't just go in, you know, whip a blazon and, uh, and, you know, and try and, and just hope you're going to mash your way through it because you will fucking fail. Uh, it, 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 it kind of formed my love for platformers where, you know, you have to, you have to jump on this moving platform and then those, those are going to start crumbling and you got to jump away from that. And then while you're doing all that, there's these fucking heads flying at you that you have to jump and hit and or crouch and hit or do whatever the fuck you got to do to make sure they don't knock you off of it where you fall to your fucking death. Yeah. And skeletons throwing bones at you. And then when you fall to your death, you refer to them as bone ass, bone dick motherfuckers. Yeah. The bone ass, bone dick motherfucker that I was referring to the other night when I was playing Dracula three was like the, uh, like the bone knight boss. And, and it's a perfect lead into this, to, to this word, because like, I don't know if you remember like the first boss from Castlevania three. He's like this like giant bone knight guy with a sword and a shield and he comes at you and swipes. Sounds right. Super easy. Take him out. No problem. Later on, you face another one, but he's uh, more colorful and he does the same thing. He walks from side to side and he swipes at you. But every time you hit him, a fucking bone flies out of him and like starts swooping around the room. And you know how much you love flying shit. It's that. And so if you go up to him and you're like, whack, whack, whack. Now there's like four fucking bones flying around in random directions and they just fuck you up. Motherfucker. So you got to take your time and, you know, get them so that you can hit them. And if you're going to hit them again, make sure you get the bone at the same time and then jump around, go to the other side. And, you know, it takes thought and planning. You can't just go in there and, and whack him with your whip. Otherwise, it's going to kill you. <laughs> and I think that that really is what Castlevania is for me, is that, you know, you need to put some thought into it and 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 some control that you don't necessarily need with a lot of other games. Yeah, I think that is that is very accurate. I mean, when I was playing Super Castlevania 4 yesterday, even though I had the save states, like I was trying my damnedest to not get hit by a single fucking thing and to do everything right because I didn't want to end up somewhere where I had like half of my health and that's my save state. Yeah, you know, like, right before the boss and you've got like two bo- like two things of health left. It's like doesn't don't even bother saving it. You have to you have to get you have to get there healthy. Yeah. So I was doing very well with that being very precise. And then I think the the opposite end of that is, you know, the the way I play Castlevania when I'm not worried about trying to get far in it. And it's also probably what what keeps me from beating the game when I'm playing like this. But what you saw earlier when I was playing Bloodlines, I was just <laughs> running and just trying to whack things as I went. And and sure enough, I got fucked up. Yeah, it'll wreck you, man. I mean, and you, some of the enemies, you can just run past them and you can just get out the door because it doesn't matter whether or not you kill them necessarily. Yeah. Though you do get points for killing things. I'm not sure what the fuck the points were for early on. No shit. You just got them because it was, you know, that was just like a gaming convention. You need to get points, right? Well, and, and also uh, in one of the levels in Castle Dracula, it's like there's just gold fucking everywhere. And there's like this entire room stretch where like every person you kill and every candle you bust drops a bag of gold it's like this shit doesn't mean anything no, i can't buy anything it means nothing i don't maybe like one-ups pop up when you get a certain amount of points or something i don't know if that's a thing oh that might be so i i don't know um i did learn that you know the sub weapon multipliers from the original castlevania Oh, like the two and the three? Yeah. What the fuck are those? I meant to look it up. Oh, they allow you to throw like two knives at a time 
or three knives, not at a time, but like on the screen at once. So like usually you have to throw a knife and you have to wait for the knife to go away before you could throw another one. But this one, you'd be like, bam, 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 and throw three knives in, directly in a row. I never fucking knew really? that. Yeah. <laughs> it never took me a long knew. time to figure that out when I was a kid. But what I learned like literally yesterday, because it was in that book, was that uh, those pop up after you've destroyed 10 candles and 10 enemies with a sub weapon. Interesting. Yeah. Cause, cause I got a bunch of twos and threes and, and they pop up there and I just had, I had no clue. So the more you use the sub weapon, the more likely you are to get multipliers. Oh, cool. And I almost never wasted sub weapons on candles. Like, like I always, you treated them like, you know, they're like, they're like a finite resource. So it's like, I'm, yeah, you know, unless I have to do it to get a candle, it's not something I generally throw at candles. Yeah, I, I usually don't use sub-weapons on anything unless it's like I have the axe and something's in the air, or it's a boss. Yeah. I don't, otherwise, I can just whack things with my whip. Which is going to keep you from getting multipliers. Shit. So that, Apparently, I was using neat. them a bunch yesterday. And as far as points go, one other funny point was that uh, when you kill Dracula in the first game, uh, you get one point for killing Dracula. And it was because of a coding error. You were supposed to get 10,000, but they put the wrong... The, you know, they coded the bit wrong so you get one point instead <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't catch it oh <laughs> so uh as we mentioned earlier we're doing a giveaway yeah castlevania themed giveaway for our castlevania episode courtesy of the fine folks over at the geekly grind uh if you haven't gone and checked out the geekly grind yet uh do that what are you, what are you doing why haven't you done that yeah they've got uh cool geek news they've got uh some other great podcasts over there and uh reviews and, and all kinds of good shit so uh they have generously offered to give away a copy of season one of uh castlevania on blu-ray and to enter this contest uh you could do one of two things or both of them and enter twice that, that would be fun too double your chances yeah uh you can either leave us a voicemail at good old uh 916 orc turd or uh, reply to the post, our post on social media, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook uh, about this episode, telling us what your favorite Castlevania memory is. Yeah, it could be, you know, an experience you had playing a game. It could be your first experience. It could be what you love, hate, your favorite game. I don't know. Talk to us about Castlevania. Yeah, it could it could really be anything. But uh, say something about Castlevania to us either verbally or on our social media, and we will enter you in a contest to win. Uh, if you call us, make sure you leave some way to, for us to get a hold of you again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, send, us a, <laughs> send us a message somewhere or I mean, something, that, you know, letting us know that that was you. Because... I, mean, I mean, we'll have a phone number from you. So as long as the number you call from is a number we could call you back on, <laughs> then uh, that'll work. We have not thought this through very well, so we'll see how it goes. But, no. <laughs> uh, we want to give you stuff. Yeah, we got we got a, a a thing to give away. This is cool. Well, thank you, folks, for traversing the dark, gloomy, scary halls of Castle Dracula, Dracula's Castle, Castlevania, uh, with us tonight or today, whenever you're listening to this. If you want to let us know how we did, you can find us on the social medias: uh, Facebook Geek Exploration, the podcast page; Instagram Geek Exploration Podcast, or Twitter at Geek Explore Pod. You can shoot us a line at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. or you can call us at nine one six Orc Turd. That is O R C T U R D, like the turd of an orc. And if you enjoyed uh, 
today's episode or any others, uh, we would really appreciate it if you go give us a five glog damn bat review on uh, Apple Podcast or Podchaser. Uh, we do still have some uh, merchandise, branded even, available at shop.geeksplorationpodcast.com. And our theme song, as always, is Cruising for Goblins by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. And remember, if you're low on health, there's food in the walls. Hello, Geek Explorers. My name is Jeremy, and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind, a site dedicated to all things geeky, from video games to anime, D&D, board games, comics, and more. Since 2015, we've worked to provide fresh geek content and reviews weekly. A big part of our content expansion has been the creation of our very own podcast network, of which this very show has become a part of. If you're listening to this, chances are you need no introduction to the awesome commentary that John and Ben are serving up weekly on everything from Saturday morning cartoons nostalgia to recapping Disney's latest crazy announcements and much more. However, if you're looking for more podcasts to fill your commute, or maybe you have a new working from home arrangement, we've got a few other shows to spotlight that would be a great addition to any geek's media menu. First, there's Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a fantastic series that spotlights anime and manga, new and old. On Mondays, they review more recent releases, while Fridays are reserved for older titles. Anime not really your thing? How about comic books? Join Lance and Chris over at Comic Book Keepers as they discuss comic books, heroes, and their impact on our lives. Maybe you're a big Dungeons & Dragons fan. Well, I would invite you to join the Knights of the Rolled Table, a comedic and family-friendly audio drama featuring a cast of improv actors bringing their unique flair to D&D. Whatever your geeky interests, chances are we've got a podcast for you, and we're excited to offer convention access, giveaway content, and more as part of our partnership with Geek Exploration in the future. See you out in the Geekosphere.